Welcome to Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the Vince Carter to my Anton Jameson. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? How's it going? It's going, it's it's good. We are, we just recorded our main feed and it's it's a good night. Of, we're little inside baseball. It's the, the night of the finals. So we got to watch Giannis lift the trophy and... I'm feeling pretty good, man. It's like the happiest sports I've been, you know, in a in a while. <laughs> long time, long time. There's a dude in Milwaukee who just uh, climbed to the top of a, a light post. So good luck to that guy. Um, I mean, it's like you know when the Mavs lost in the first round. Like one of my comments to a lot of people was, "Now I can actually enjoy the playoffs," <laughs> you know. <laughs> and so that, I mean, that's true. Like this has been a very enjoyable playoffs because I haven't had to, you know. Yeah. have stomach issues all games long so <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah I, I almost went way too far with that and i didn't so but it's late it's, it's about midnight our our time i'm still sipping coffee i'm sure i'm gonna regret that uh but we're we're not here to talk about the finals anymore that's officially over so now this is our second episode diving into the 2021 nba draft we love the draft. I hope that you went back and listened to last week's bonus episode where we talked about the big four, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green, and Evan Mobley. Um, and maybe you even went back further and listened to our... our uh, that dude is up on that that light post, man. Um, maybe you went back and listened to last, last season. We were able to... Uh, we had a lot more time on our hands because of something you may have heard called the pandemic. And uh, we, we did episodes on i think the top nine prospects like full episodes on those guys you can go back and get a little sense of our our drafts tastes and philosophy and style and all that kind of stuff and how wrong we were on the mellow ball we were very very wrong on him (laughs) (laughs) true true i'm on nba tv by the way tobin watch light post guy um there's also some dudes crowd surfing on like a barrier thing um what's this thing called deer park deer yeah deer park okay (laughs) 65,000 folks who are going bonkers. Congratulations to all the future parents in nine months. Um, this is a great, great day for for Bucks fans. Um, this is also anyway. my favorite time of the year because now we can really focus on the wild, wild west of NBA offseason. And, yeah. Brian, this year is going to be even ex- ex- accented by the fact that I have this and at the at the simultaneously, I have the Olympics, and so I have so oh, much yeah. awesome you, sports going on right now. Yeah, what a what a time! <laughs> this is a time for me to get caught up on some reading, um, rather than than mess with the Olympics. Gross. Um, we're not going to talk about. This. We're going to talk about tonight. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to talk about somewhere between five and ten prospects. The next five or ten guys on the board, generally speaking. Um, neither of us are, are yet ready to, um, lock our big boards as it were. Not that anyone cares, um, what we, <laughs> what we have on our big board. But if you did, I'm not, I, I don't think either of us are quite ready to, to go that route at this point. Um, but we have seen a lot of mock drafts. We're, we're reading a lot of stuff. We're listening to a lot of pods. We kind of have a feel it, it seems like for the next group of five ish, mm-hmm. I would say. And then, then the next like ten picks, I think we have a pretty good feel for like. There's like twelve guys competing for those ten spots, kind of is what yeah. I would say, something mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not sure who it will be, what order it will go in, and obviously there's always surprises in the draft. It feels like there's a lot of trade potential this year as well. So like who, who knows? So we're gonna talk about two guys first that I think most people have. <clears throat> on their big boards as like number five and number six in some order or very close to that. I've listened to, I, I listened to a pod today that, that somebody had Scotty Barnes like number nine on their, their board. And that's, that might be the lowest that I've seen on in terms of like somebody who actually knows what they're talking about and stuff. So those guys are, are kind of next. And then we're, we'll hit, we're going to talk with Damian, Damian Mitchell and then just kind of whoever else we can get to, in the uh, I don't know forty-ish minutes that we're that we're allotting ourselves on this one, so mm-hmm. um, Tobin, why don't you start us off? You want to go Barnes or Kaminga? Well, the world is your oyster. As Where always, you, you are the 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 scholar of the draft, and I am I am the <laughs> watch tape, but also make blind predictions person. So I'm going to host this as always, and I I think I want to start with the person that was a 
um, consensus number one pick a couple years ago, and then he has been mm. pushing the top four, and now he seems to be sliding a little bit for reasons. Uh, let's just go ahead and start with Jonathan Kaminga, the almost Texas Tech alum that didn't quite make it. Uh, Are you over is, that yet? You still mad? no? I'm not over it. Okay. Obviously, That's fine. So it's, I'm with you. you know, obviously, yeah. you know, but whatever. Um, <clears throat> he is six foot eight. He is 18 years old, 220 pounds. In the, I don't have, I mean, two and a half games they played for the G League. I don't even know. <laughs> he averaged 15.8 points, 25% from the three-point line, oof, and 2.7 assists, 7.2 rebounds. Um, your thoughts? I know you have some pretty... Um, you have, you have both sides of the coin on this one, I think. So give me give me some Kaminga. Let's start with uh, things that you think that he can bring to the table in a positive way. Sure. Big athlete. I mean he it, he's a guy. He's a guy that like looks the part. You know, like if you just if you just saw him on the street, and that's not if you just saw him on a court, and it was just like, hey, there's ten guys out there. Who do you think is the best basketball player? You'd be like, it's probably that guy. Like he just. Mm-hmm. His athleticism just kind of oozes off the screen and he he looks real fluid and and I don't know he he he, he kind of reminds me of like you know when you used to get real remember when Texas Tech football mattered a little bit to us at least and now it does not at all anymore <laughs> yeah. but you'd like you'd read scouts Those and were the get days. really into the recruiting stuff yeah. and you know the guys that were just labeled as athlete you mm-hmm. know, it, it's it's, it's kind of like that. It's 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 you you look at him, you're just like, oh my gosh, it's just he has like that kind of NBA body. He's got this like oozing talent, and and it's it's really hard to to overlook that. And and that's why I mean that's a big part of why he will not drop. Below, I I would be shocked if he went below six because it's he just despite all the the potential negatives that we'll get into in a second, it's, he just looks, he looks so right. You know, he's so tantalizing as, as a player. And when you see him with the ball, you like, you can imagine all the things that he could potentially do. Mm -hmm. He's just, he just has that kind of look about him. He's really physical with the ball. Um, he drives constantly. I love, I love drivers. I love guys who, who drive the ball. Um, I think it's not necessarily a lost art, but it just, I like somebody who could just kind of duck his head and go to the rim. And he does that. Um, he cuts pretty well. He's got good footwork. Like you, you, he occasionally would kind of go to the mid post and, and could really work some guys and do a little, he could, he could go to work there. I like him in the, in transition. Like he's a real good, I think a solid grab and go type player. Um, and then he just, he kind of just has the tools to be, a valuable player. I, I'm almost at the point where I think like the, this is very, this is a very stupid thing to say. As I say it, I'm acknowledging this is probably a dumb, a dumb thing, but I almost wonder if the best outcome for him is like a small ball five. Like Mm -hmm. I just think there's all kinds of stuff that he can do off ball that might limit the issues that he has with the ball as a shooter and decision-making and things like that. Um, that you might be able to get a lot out of him in those situations. He would be a very small ball five. He's six seven and you know two ten or whatever. His wingspan's seven feet, so it's not like he's he's tiny on that front. But I mean, that might be a stretch to say he's he's a small ball five. But I think there's I think smart teams will potentially be able to figure out kind of myriad ways to use him if he is willing to be used in those ways. And I do think that that is a question question mark at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some of the negatives that I see, and I'm going to let you kind of riff off of that, because like all, all of what you're saying is, is what I've seen too. But when I watch the tape on him from the G League bubble, because uh, that's basically all we got, you know, of yeah. of him, he he handled the ball way too much on that team. Like, mm-hmm. I, and I don't know if that was by his design or by the coaching design or just by what happened whenever he has the ball in his hands, it doesn't seem to be very fluid unless he's driving. But anytime he's kind of like sizing up guys or like he's on the top of the key, it feels very inconsistent. Um, I, I, I don't want to say this and in, in it sound like I'm questioning his intelligence because I'm not like, because I, I think he's just, I think he's one of those classic guys that 
he is such a raw athlete that, but I just, I really feel like he needed to be coached for a couple of years, maybe even, maybe even one year, mm-hmm. you know, and just kind of learn, like kind of tame some of these, you know, things and, and harness the athleticism that he has before he went to the NBA. And maybe that, maybe a full actual season with his G League team might have might have done that. And then, you know, unfortunately he just kinda got in a in a rough situation with the just being a bubble. Right. He just he just seems like he has so much athleticism and so much talent, but he's just kind of like wildly playing out there. Like it's almost like his yeah. his like, and again, I don't mean this to say he's dumb, but it's almost no, like his basketball IQ. Yeah. There. But like, again, then, he's eighteen yeah. years old. And so like right. You know, and not to harp on it, but if he would have went to Kentucky or Tech like he was scheduled to do, he would have learned from Calipari or and Beard how to harness that a little bit and to make it more effective. Because you're right, he does he does play almost like a, and this is a comp that I that I kind of see, and this this might be a lazy comp and it might not even be fully accurate, but like when I'm watching him play, I feel like I'm watching Justice Winslow at Duke. Like that's that's what it feels like is a guy who plays pretty good defense, who drives the ball a lot. And but his shot is real shaky. You know, Justice Linzo was much better at Duke than I think he was in the G League bubble. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's what it feels like to me a little bit. Or, you know, and I don't know. Like, I mean, I think I, I'm going to pull it up real quick. I think Kevin O'Connor had him. Yeah. Shades of Danny Granger. You know, I think Danny Granger is a much better shooter than he is. Um, yeah. You know, I just. It, it just seems like, but but again, to your point, if he is sitting there at six, you cannot let him go past that because the the he does have a ton of promise and you know possibility of being amazing. And so like if he's at six, you take right. him. Like I mean, but it just it, I feel like he's going to be a project for sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of guys in this draft, and I think this is this is the thing that we're just going to have to deal with. It's going to be more and more going to happen more and more over over the next few years just given the way that the the AAU circuit works and the youth circuit all that kind of stuff there's just a lot of guys and it's not like this is new but it it this year when I'm going through the tapes and the clips and stuff I've seen more and more players that I just think I don't really know what this guy is going to be because he doesn't know what he's going to be yet either he's just he has dominated through sheer athleticism and physicality for his whole life mm-hmm. And then, you know, for, for Kaminga, he gets to the G League and he can't he can't live off just his athleticism. And, you know, it take he's he's very young. It takes players time. I'm not I'm not at all um like writing writing him off or, or anything like that. What I said when I went on uh Ryan's podcast uh last week or the week before the, the Daily Thunder was like I'm rooting for every player to succeed. If there's a guy in this top ten who's like a true bust, it's you just you kind of have to say it's him. You you have to say there's there's many worlds in which it just he is unable to to click it and ma- and make this work. Um, because we see this all the time. We see guys who are just pure athletes that don't really have a skill to hang their hat on. And I don't think he has at this point, maybe I'm being too harsh on him, but I don't think he has an NBA, like a high level NBA skill right now. Sure. His, his, his skill is, is his athleticism. That's kind of it. Um, he, I think know. he can be an NBA level, uh, slasher like right now, like yeah. in, 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 but again, that's, that's more of his athleticism than it is right. anything else. Right. And, and that's, that's a, that is a quality thing to have in the NBA. So it's not like, he, sure. you know, 100%. yeah. but there, outside of that, of, it's, there's not a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a ton of guys this year. I'm about 40, 45 players in to my scouting that I do. I'm scouting is a, not a real word that I should be able to use, but my tape watching and 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 basic analysis that, that I'm able that I have time to do. I'm about forty five players in. There are a lot of guys this year who the maybe the make or break thing for them is role acceptance. If they're if they're willing to accept that they are a role player, that they are the fifth best player on a team long term or something like that. Um, they're going to have a lot of success. And if they're unwilling to accept that, then they may not be in the league in three years. And 
there's a lot of first round guys that kind of fall into that group this year, I think. Um, and, and and then some second round guys as well. I mean, Kaminga is so talented that it's, I mean, from just from like an athleticism standpoint, again, like it, it's, it's going to be hard for him to not be in the league in, in five years. But like, if you watch his tape, the shot selection is some of the worst I've ever seen. Um, he, he genuinely does not know what is a good shot and what is not. And, and not in the same way that like Jalen green, we talked about last week, he can get a little shot happy on you. He takes some bad shots here and there. That is normal. Everybody takes some bad shots. Kaminga. I mean, I would say like 80% of his shots are bad shots. Like he just, he just takes horrible shots and doesn't really have any sense that they're ever going to go in. It's, it is, He's a, it, the mechanics are awful. They're inconsistent. Those things can be changed. I'm not writing him off as far as like long-term prognosis on those things. If he works at it, he gets the right coaching staff, the right shooting coach, all those things. They can be different, but like the instinct to jab, step, jab, step, jab, step, kind of b- bump into somebody, and then launch a, a, a contested 15 footer is tough to get out of somebody if they're not willing to, to get that out of themselves, you know? And then when you add it to things like for as athletic as, as he is, he doesn't he doesn't really get by guys. He doesn't really turn the corner all that well. Um, he's not a great ball handler. He had a ton of turnovers. For somebody who was like the fourth primary fourth option on his team, it's tough. I mean, ball handler, the fourth guy, like that's it's tough to, to average as many turnovers as he did. And he's he's a he's a bad defender. He's he's a late he he's lazy on defense. And I'm also not sure that if he applies himself, that he will be able to do. He might. I don't know. There was some physical stuff there that it's like. I think he might have some high hips. That's kind of difficult to be able to to work with. So I don't know, man. Like I, I'm at the point with him where it's like I I have him sixth on my spot and, and on my board and at the moment and. I think that if you're the Magic or the Thunder, you probably have to take him because the, the you can just kind of see the the rough tools that are there. And if if half of them come together, he's going to be a really good NBA basketball player. But it's it would scare me to take him as well. If I'm the Thunder, really this is why he's the reason why I'm trying to package into the top four. Like, because yeah. you're right, you have to take him at six if he's there. In in my opinion. Um, but I feel like you could package in to get to the top six to avoid getting the last person to drop to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so we've talked about him for a little while. Uh, real quick, give me your comps for him before we move on to the to Scotty. It's kind of, I mean, what'd you say, Danny Granger? I can see that he's more, he's way more athletic than Danny Granger was, I think. Um, I see a little bit of Luol Ding in him, but like also more athletic, but just kind of that. Luol Ding had kind of a, a, I don't know, like kind of a wild approach to things at times where just it was like, whoa, how'd that happen, you know, kind of stuff. And But it was pretty effective. He, Corey Maggetti, he reminds me of Corey Maggetti a little bit, but he's bigger than Maggetti was. Um, I don't know. He might end up being like Jeff Green. And if he if he's Jeff Green, then you're like, cool, that's, that's great. fine. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, a great, great NBA pro. career. But yeah, but, but for somebody who was – Rated as a top three pick before this season, that's kind of a, mm-hmm. I don't know that, that yeah, that that's that worked yeah. out all that well. So, we'll see. All right, so let's move to the guy who's shooting up everybody's board. It seems like um, I I think most people now have him over Kaminga, if not you know whatever. Um, Scotty Barnes from Florida State. He is a freshman. He is turning twenty in eleven days or 10 days now, because it's, you know, Monday, uh, or not Monday, it's the next day, is he is six <laughs> foot seven, 225 pounds, averaged 11 points a game, shot 30% from three, um, has a 7-2 wingspan, which is what the thing that I, that I wrote down. Sexy, sexy. Crazy. <laughs> um, just straight up dog on defense. What are you, what are you seeing? And I, I know that you are having the same feelings on Scotty that most people are. What do you see when you see Scotty Barnes? Uh, what are some of his strengths? So last year, the guy that that just rose up boards, and it's not quite the same because Barnes has been on everybody's radar for the whole season, but like all of a sudden, 
Pat Williams was like, oh, he's mm-hmm. going to go top five. And that was super odd to me. And I'm watching the tape on him, and I'm like, I just, I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I just don't, I don't really understand what everybody else seems to see in him on this. It just, I don't know. It just, it felt odd. Sc- Scotty Barnes seems to me like the guy that, that people were telling me Pat Williams was last year. And by the way, Patrick Williams had a really good rookie season, so I, I mean, I'm fine with having been like I'm not sh- with being wrong if that's what it what it ends up being. But like, he gets after you defensively, and I'm I mean, I think he could come into the NBA today and guard at a playoff level. Like, I think he's a very very good defender immediately, and he can and guard he like multiple positions too. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'9 with that 7'2 wingspan you mentioned, and he primarily guarded ones. Which is, in, that's insane in to me. And, and not even guarded ones. Like, every tape that I saw, like, he's picking guys up in the in the, yeah. ba- um, the backcourt. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, he is just, he's that guy that if you're playing a game of pickup, you're like, please, Lord, don't guard me. Because <laughs> you, sure. sure. yeah. you just don't want to deal with that. Because he's just constantly in your grill. You know, it's... It's crazy. I, I've I've fallen in love with him as I've watched Tate, to be honest with you. Same. So Yeah, same here. I think I started with him like in the ten twelve range and the more I've watched and read on him, the more I'm like, This guy I mean, he's gonna be I know he can impact the game on on that end right now. You know, we talk about that with Kamingo is like I'm not sure I don't know what his NBA skill is right now. Like his true, like top level NBA skill. I don't know that he has one right now. Barnes I do. Barnes can Barnes can be a, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say Barnes can be, is an all NBA defender pretty quickly. Yeah. I think, um, he just, he does all the things that you want from a wing in the NBA from, from a defensive standpoint, he can switch onto anybody. You can, you can probably go into most games saying, all right, who's the other team's best player. Cool. All right. He's yours, Scotty. Like, go for it. That's what we're, we're going to stick you on him. And, and, and teams need that these days. Like, I mean, yeah. like, like three of those guys, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like to me, like, I don't necessarily think this is his comp, but to me, this is like, this is exactly who Michael Bridges is to the, or Mikhail Bridges is to the, um, sons, like a guy that's going to come in there and maybe get you points, but really he's the guy in there. That's like, okay, Mikhail, you're guarding Giannis go like, you know, and I I feel like he could be that guy within, within the first couple of years. Um, the thing that he has that, that somebody like Mikhail Bridges doesn't is um, Mikhail Bridges can shoot. He cannot shoot. Yes. We'll get to that in a second. He can't shoot at all. But he he basically, it's it's so weird. I mean, we've seen tall point guards before, obviously. Mm-hmm. Magic, Luka, Sean Livingston, guys like that. Um, he wasn't, it was odd in that he often was guarding ones he wasn't the real point guard in that offense, but he was also the main ball mover in their offense. I mean, he, he pushes the ball up the floor. He averaged like four assists. He has really good vision. Um, he, he really does a lot of, of, of that kind of work. So it's like he has real, real ball handling, not just ball handling skills, but like he can handle the offense. And what I, I, I don't think that he's, I don't think you're going to be like, cool, he's our primary ball handler, but he's got real potential to be elite or or just under elite as a secondary ball handler, mm-hmm. I think, at, at, at this level. And that's something that obviously like Bridges, guys like that yeah. don't don't really have. That's that's great, but his he has got to fix his shooting rhythm and his shooting oh footwork. Gosh, it yeah. is it's yeah. pretty atrocious. I mean, like it's in that to me is a positive because those are things that you can change pretty easily. I think, um, you don't, I don't think that he is going to be that guy that's like Lonzo. That's just sucked into this bad shooting motion. Like, it's not like it's a bad, it's just like almost like he's never comfortable shooting the ball is what it feels like. Um, he's, so he's not like, like you said, he's not a good outside shooter. Um, he doesn't seem to have a defined role in the, in the Florida state system that he was in, which is, you know, normal for college. And so mm-hmm. I think if he's given a direction, then he, that might, that might work some of that stuff out. But I feel yeah. like, I feel like this is one of those, one of those guys that the motor is so high in him that it may mm-hmm. not matter like where he's at. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he has crazy good energy. He's, he's a very good athlete. He's not as good as an athlete as like Kaminga is, but 
he's he's got some some bounce. He was like sixty two percent at the rim. He uses his length really well, and and other players feed off of his his uh, his energy and stuff. And so I think he's going to be really well liked as a as a whether he ends up on a bad team or 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 a good team, you know, or a team that gets good quickly. I think I think veterans will like him. Other other guys will like playing with him. He just it's very it's very odd to see a guy with his pedigree and like his recruiting level who comes in and is so willing to pick up guys full court, not shoot the ball a ton, like just play a role and be really comfortable and and good at that sort of thing. It just it just doesn't it doesn't happen a lot, you know. You you get a lot of these guys. It's like, man, the, I mean, there's a there's a ton of guys on the board this year that you're like, one of the knocks is they're kind of lazy defensively, you know. They're not really engaged defensively. They're not really working at at these sorts of things. And he does all those things. For him, it's the. I mean, I'm not sure he has touch at all, and so that will be the. I, you're you're totally right. The mechanics are something that can be worked out. He's got like really rigid footwork and kind of a slow release and all this kind of stuff. Those things can maybe be be changed a little bit. I'm not sure that he has the touch to ever be much more than like a 32 or 33 percent shooter, and that will that will hold him back. But if you're able to put, I wouldn't worry about that. Obviously, if I'm the Magic or the Thunder right now, because all I'm you know who cares? That's not that's not going to matter in the playoffs for a couple of seasons. So whatever, but. You know, if you can build, if you can put three or more like shooters around him, I I just I think that he's kind of perfect for so many NBA systems right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so along that line, who do you think out of the Thunder or the the um, Magic is the best fit for him out of those two? Because that's probably where he's going to land. I know. I I got the sense that that uh, that Ryan that the Thunder really want him um, over Kaminga. Mm-hmm. I would take him over Kaminga. I have him fifth on my board. <clears throat> I would take him over Kaminga. Um, I just think that, like I said, I think he has like a real NBA skill immediately. So it's like if all right, he never learned how to shoot. Okay, well he's a good passer. He runs really hard. He's a, he's a pretty good athlete at the rim, and he's a, just a dog on defense. Okay, well, that guy starts in the NBA for like twenty five teams. Yeah, you know. So, I think that that is. If I was the Magic, I would I would probably just take him and mm-hmm. maybe hope that Kaminga drops to eight. But but I also the Magic are a team that should take a chance on potential because they just don't have any yeah. they don't have any good players. I mean not any, you know what I mean? They don't have they don't have a guy to, to who they can really say is like, "All right, cool." Besides Jonathan Isaac, like, hey, "Cool, that's our he's one of our really core guys that we're going to build around." So it's like if they take Kaminga and just bet on the potential, I totally understand that. But mm-hmm. I I think if there's a 100 universes, I think Scotty Barnes turns out to be a better player than Kaminga in like 85 of them. Yeah, I tell you, like, I think I'd rather him be on the Thunder in the sense that I think that they can do more with him. Um, Like right now, I tell you who I would love to see him with is the Hornets. Like if the Hornets could figure out a way to get him, you know, like, I don't know, trade 11 and get up. I I feel like him and LaMelo would be so freaking exciting. (laughs) Like, it may not be good, but, you know, like... Um, okay. He's just a fun player, man. He's got he's got some like some Ben Simmons, some Draymond Green to his game. Like, I think that like ultimately, if he was able to develop the way that like Siakam has, mm-hmm. I think that would be like the ultimate end goal for for him. But yeah, but in the meantime, he's kind of got that Draymond light feel to his game, and that's super appealing. Yeah. I think. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, this isn't consensus, but because we've seen a lot of him this year and because of his uh, play in the tournament, I'm going to go to Davion Mitchell next, who is the redshirt junior out of Baylor. Uh, he is 22 years old, 6 feet tall, 202 pounds. He averaged 14 points. He shot 45% from three and averaged 5.5 assists a game. Um this is your typical, in my opinion, your typical um, college like 
college career player that's mm. uh, found some uh, some success and now is going to get you know get rewarded for that. So, what are the things that you see from Davion Mitchell that is positives? Do you like Mitchell? I you, I actually you, really do like Mitchell. Okay, I, I think he's I think he's you know definitely going to be has a chance to be not great you know, maybe, or not as, not as Mm -hmm. impactful as maybe people would like him to be, but I think he's going to be a very good, like teammate locker room presence, like, you know, possibility type thing. Like, but I'm a sucker for guys that don't want and done it because I feel like sometimes like, you know, like, like for instance, you know, he was a second round pick, but like, you know, guys like Jalen Brunson and Javon Carter and those guys that come out, like sure. they end up being good pros. But, you know, I know when you're taking a guy in the top 10, that's not that's not what you want. But, you know, I yeah. I, I think I think I think he's, you know, I, I think he's a gamer. And I think that's that's the biggest thing. I, I, he's sure. a he's a good shot creator. Um, he he seems to be have a good feel of the flow of a game as a playmaker. Um and he he seems like he has a pretty high IQ like on the on the court, um, but he's also not somebody that does any. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I could be way off, but I don't feel like he does anything great. But he does a lot of things good. Yeah, I mean, like I I Mitchell's interesting. Is like I kind of went into this process lower on him, and then which is odd for somebody that I saw a lot more than some of these guys. Like as far as far as like live action play, I mean. He's in conference for us, so I saw him quite a bit mm-hmm. and got three years of him instead of just yeah. one, like a lot of these guys. Um, but yeah, I kind of came in lower on him and and moved up through the course of it because um, I just, like, you know what you're going to get with him. And, I, and mm-hmm. I think that's, he's maybe, lucky is not the right word, but, like, I think there's a real chance that the Warriors grab him at seven and if he doesn't go there, if the Warriors weren't at seven, you know, like a good team, a team that actually projects mm-hmm. to be a playoff team, then I could see a lot of these other teams, the Magic, the the Kings, the the, the Thunder, whatever, kind of passing on him because it's like, well, he's kind of a finished product and maybe his, maybe you view his ceiling as a little bit lower than, than some of these other guys, you know. But mm-hmm. because the Warriors are sitting there, I think there's a real chance that they that they take if they keep that pick that they that they take him because yeah. that's a guy that can probably play 20 minutes on the Warriors next year and mm-hmm. like really contribute. I so. have him seven on my big board, my my yeah. rough draft right now because uh, you know I I think I don't think he's initially is going to go seven or should go seven, but that's where I have him. Like the sure. thing that he does extremely like that he does very well that I think will be. The, the thing that keeps him on the court in the NBA is he's a fantastic pick and roll defender. Like it's again, yeah. again, it's not going to, it's not going to blow you away. It's not going to make the highlights, but like if he's on your second, you know, team, like your second rotation and gets out there and plays defense against, you know, a couple, like if he gets, if he gets in the rotation where he might be facing like one or two of the starters from the other team, mm-hmm. like I feel like he's capable of kind of shutting the, you know, putting the, keeping the lid on, in those situations, sure. plus he's a good, like I said, he's a good play creator. It seems like too. Yeah, I mean, he's the best. I would say he's the best point guard defender in the in the draft. Mm-hmm. The 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 problem for him is that he's six foot two, and kind of, I mean, he can't. Oh, go he's not guard. even listed at six foot two. He's listed at yeah. Six I think feet. he's probably six foot. Yeah, you know? but that that's a real that's a bummer because it really. It's really hard to draft one position. Even great defenders, it's kind of hard to draft one position position defenders and really depend on that, you know? Mm-hmm. So he can't guard most. I mean, if you're playing a team that has a whatever, he could guard Gary Harris, you know, or something like that. But, like, he's not going to, I don't think anyway, he's, he's not going to be somebody that you can send out to guard bigger wings and bigger point guards because he's just, he's so much smaller yeah. than, than they are. But like, if you're matching up against Dame or Steph Curry or John Morant or somebody like that, you you kind of want this guy to go out there and, and harass them and get at them. Mm-hmm. He's he's a dog on defense and and he works really 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 hard at it. Has great lateral speed, gets a lot of steals, um, and like good steals. You know, it's not like when Allen Iverson led the league in steals and it was like, yeah, but it's not really an indi- <laughs> indicator of his defense. You know, it's. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he does a lot of that stuff. And he's super, I mean, he's very good with the ball in his hands. He's very decisive. Um, he drives very hard. He attacks the rim over and over and over again. He's very um, good at your favorite shot. He is. He loves the floater. Yeah, he, he, um, he, he, he needs to get better at that. He doesn't have a lot of finishes with that, that floater, and that's something that, that might be the number one thing that I would focus on for him. Um, besides just maintaining the shooting, uh, the outside shot that, that came along this year, um, he kind of has like a he has like one or two finishes on the floater. Mm-hmm. He needs he needs to add more of that more to that because he's six foot tall, and <laughs> so that's a that's going to be a thing that that kind of makes or breaks him. He doesn't um, he doesn't shoot free throws at all. Like he got he only he only shot 64% but he only attempted two free throws a game that's kind of amazing for somebody who drives as consistently as he mm-hmm. does the other thing that's going to hold him back i think if something holds him back is that he's not a point guard he's a he's a combo guard yeah. you know and that's hard it's just it's re- to me i don't know where you stand on this it is really hard for me to value combo guards in the draft i i have so many hits or so many misses both ways a guy of like, oh yeah, I think this guy's gonna be really good, and he turns out to not be good, or the other way, you know, Don Mitchell being the the big one of like, I just I think he's a combo guard. I don't know how this works out. Yeah, and, it, and a lot of people like, are oh, comparing. Okay, I, see it. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people yeah. have him as comped as Drew Holiday. Yeah, and yeah. and like, look, Drew Holiday just won a title, and but Drew Holiday was also very very hot and cold the, the whole playoffs, and it took him years to kind of be where he's at, you know, and, and, right. and, and playing for a bunch of bad teams too. Yeah. And so <laughs> Andrew holiday is a guy that you can, that the, the bucks sent out to guard Kevin Durant at times and mm-hmm. it wasn't super successful, but like tonight he guarded Chris Paul and then he switched to Devin Booker and he, he'll go all over the place. He can't do that. He's, I think Mitchell is much more of uh I don't want this to come off as a knock cause I don't mean it that way. But I like I defensively he's Patrick Beverly, not Drew Holiday. He's a, sure. Yeah, I mean Drew Holiday is six foot four. So I mean he's definitely yeah, you know and and, st- and like strong as a as a, a like yeah a free safety, you know, or something like that. That's not quite so I don't know. Like offensively he always gets the Donovan Mitchell um comparison and, and I see some of that, but like I also see I mean he 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 looks like Dame out there. Yeah. Like he just has the aesthetically he, he mm-hmm. looks like Dame. He has a little sidestep shot that he takes a lot and, and things like that. So um he's got a lot that he brings to the table and I think he'll be I mean, I'd be I, I think he will be successful. But I do think I don't know where you come down on this. I do think there's probably a higher possibility that he is a sixth man than he is a starter sure. in the league long-term. Yeah. And that's, again, that's one of those things where it's like, I think that's great. It's just going to be hard. Like, like what typically happens in these situations is that, that he'll get drafted at seven and won't quite meet the expectations of a seventh round of a seventh pick. And then he'll go to another team and kind of change his role and end up being a really good pro. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, yeah. that's typically how that stuff kind of works yeah. out. It seems. The other thing with him, the, the last thing I'll say is like, that's been mentioned a thousand times over, but does bear repeating. He shot 44% last year from three after shooting 32% and 29% in the two years prior. <laughs> yeah, so, what's that about? <laughs> so either he, you know, I don't want to knock him on that because maybe yeah, that means that's he showing that how he's to shoot and that's what you want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want guys that learn how to shoot. But the flip side of that may be he still was only a 64% free throw shooter. It's it's pretty odd that his, his three-point percentage came up as high as it did while his free throw percentage still stayed low. And so... It's just possible that he was really, really good at picking his spots. He only took like, I mean, I say only. He took four and a half a game. Baylor was really good, obviously. They won the title and had a lot of guys that could move the ball and kind of create space for each other. So you could, if you want to knock it, I guess you could probably make the case that he took shots when he was open and he will not ever be as open as he was, you know during at the NBA level. So maybe that's yeah. part of it. But, yeah, that makes sense. But the, you know, I would tend to lean like, hey, he figured out how to shoot. But I also said that about Justice Winslow, who was a terrible, terrible, terrible high school shooter and became like the one year at Duke was a really pretty solid, pretty good three point shooter and has not made a three pointer since. So, oh, yeah. You know, it's, that's man, that's <laughs> the that. second Justice Winslow, in, you yeah. know, mentioned we've had. Tonight. This is the so. official podcast of Justice yeah. Winslow, I think. So. All right. Let's do two more. Um, All right. 
so, okay, so this one, this is where things started getting a little muddy. But I'm gonna go with uh, <laughs> yeah. let's go with James Book Knight because I think that he's got he's coming from a pedigree school. He's got he's not a college freshman, so let's say he's also an upperclassman as well. Um, he's six foot four, weighs one ninety. He's listed as a guard. Average 19 points, 31% from three, 81% from free throw. Um, and yeah, like I know that you have differing thoughts on book night because we've talked about this off the air. So well, give me some of your, Man. yeah, just, you know what? Just give me whatever you want for book night. I don't care what it is, whatever you want to talk about. This every year, you know, we talk about like, I mean, I, I put a lot of time into this. I do not put, I'm not able to put any, anywhere near the time that some of these like certainly the obviously the like the professional draft guys but even just the doing it on the side draft guys do like I, just, I wish i could but i don't i'm not able to put as much time into it as i would like um and so every year there's a couple players that i just have to look at and say okay i don't really get it but every other draft person pretty much does seem to really like this guy so it's got to be that i'm missing it like it's got to be that I'm just not. Gra- Sometimes I'll, I'll I'm willing to be like, no, that guy's not good, and um, I'm just gonna stick to it. Or the reverse of that, like this guy's actually really good, and I'm gonna I'm gonna push that and say this is you know he he needs to be a higher pick or he deserves to be a higher pick or or whatever. But like, there's always a couple guys every year where I just have to say I have to trust that the Kevin O'Connors and Sam Vecini's of the world are better at this than I am because they're seeing something that I'm not. Um, I mean, like he's a, he's a really good, like gifted natural scorer. He's an explosive athlete. He makes tough shots. He's got nice, he's got a nice little hezzy, you know, and some, some good moves. He shot 63% at the rim. So like I see the, potential as a three-level scorer and then i see that he shot 29 percent from three last year (laughs) and at a relatively high volume and he takes terrible terrible shots and i don't really like the mechanics of it and i mean he just he he seems like there's a it to me, it seems like he has a real high potential of just being a high-volume, low-efficiency type player, and I am super uninterested in taking that kind of guy in the top 10, especially when there are other better players around. But again, at this point, I'm going to be shocked if he gets past, like, I would be shocked if he went 10th. Like, I think he's going to be gone 7, 8, 9, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Um I don't know because what what do you see? Because for me, it's like if 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 I wasn't looking at anyone else's rankings and reading what they have to say and listening to them on podcasts and stuff, I would probably have book nights somewhere in the like early twenties, maybe. Um, but because everyone else seems, I, I'm I'm trying not to have like groupthink mentality on it, but it's just like at a certain point, you're just like, well, you're okay, studying. I'm, I'm That's wrong. the thing is you're studying yeah. it in like. And that's, you know, that's what it is. Like, if you study that, that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to see, see all the angles of it. But, you know, the thing is about him that I see is that he he has a the kind of shots and the kind of gameplay that that the guards are, ten, are tend to, you know, lean towards now. Like, with the hesitation and the step backs mm-hmm. and the drives. Like, he plays yeah. like an NBA guard, which I think is what people... Sure like about him that's fair yeah um i do think that he does have the chance to be a three-level scorer like you know to that same point um you know part of me thinks that the 29 percent threes is just maybe just a lack of maturity and a lack of like knowing a good shot selection which that sure. can be that can and there be. wasn't a lot of talent around him at no all. uncon was bad the last couple of years and so that's yeah. that's that's one thing um, but like, I mean, I'm looking at KOC's board right now. He's got him seven, but then his mock, he's got him going 19 to the Knicks. Like, and, and that's the thing. I've seen him go as high as eight and I've seen him go as low as 22. And it just doesn't seem, you know, like, I feel like he's one of those guys that if he's put in the right situation, he might be, uh, you know, 
a stud, you know, or like a, st- a strong, like off the bench scorer Cause he does have the ability to be, you know, to get buckets and he does the things that you want your guard to do the things he doesn't do, which again, this kind of goes to, I think his teammates around him, he is very bad at controlling like the ball. Like he, he has, a, I don't remember what the exact numbers were, but his turnover rate was super high. Like, yeah. um, and you know, how much of that step back stuff and the hesitation is him, you know, not handling the defense well, or is it actually him just doing the moves that he needs to do? You know, so like that's that's the thing sure. we have to figure out is are these moves because this is what's in his bag, or this is because this is how he gets out of a he or he's freaking up, freaking out about an oncoming double team or something like that. You know, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it seems like any time that he seemed to get pressured, he would he would revert to like a hesitation sidestep or a step back three or you know that kind of thing instead of like seeing through the defense or finding an opening and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally, I, I think that that's, I just, for as much as people, <laughs> as much as old people lament, like Steph Curry's ruined the game with the three pointer and all, and you know, the deep shots and all this kind of thing. I'm, I'm growing frustrated with the, um, with like the, the cone superstars, the the individual workout superstar kind of guys, mm-hmm. um, of like man, I've I see what I see what Dame does, I see what James Harden does, I see what Luca does, what Kobe did, like all these guys, and I'm just like, all I'm doing is working on those those things, and that's cool. I want, I mean, individual one v one scoring is like one of the the biggest skills that you can bring to the table in the NBA, and that's probably why he's going to go seven eight nine somewhere in that range. Um, if you can do that, it's, you know, it's, it's a huge benefit, but also uh, just think there's a lot of guys who are kind of locking into like being real good at that when they're playing against cones and trash cans and they don't understand how to play basketball. And so when you tell me the Jane, not you again, the Royal you, <laughs> when you tell me that James Booknight is a potential three level score, I look at him and I say, I feel like there's a much greater possibility that he is a guy who gets to the rim a lot and also takes a ton of really crappy threes. And his three looks terrible to me. I, I don't know. Like the, the further he gets from the basket, he, maybe it's just that he needs to, I mean, NBA strength and conditioning is a lot different than, than UConn strength and conditioning mm-hmm. is. And, but like, he looks to me like he's really forcing the ball up when he shoots from from deep his 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 uh mechanics change pretty drastically when he gets further out than 18 feet or whatever and that's you know that's a that gives me that's a red flag it, it gives me pause at least of like man that's something that's really gonna have to be addressed is is can keep your your form no matter where you're shooting and be strong enough to be able to shoot from 25 or, or 28 feet like that and so i don't know i mean Zach Levine has me shook because, I mean, you knew, you know, I was not high on for, I was very down on Zach Levine for, for a long time. And I just was like, yeah, it's cool that you get buckets every once in a while, but you're a super inefficient scorer and you don't really impress me on that front. And then this season, I felt like he really changed his game and has developed. It's not just this. Season, he has really worked and developed and become a much better actual basketball player. So I can totally see the path for for Book Knight on that front. I mean, I think he could be similar to Zach Levine, but um, he also could be like the bad part of Malik Monk. So oh I, I mean, gosh, yeah, <laughs> that just you know, I, I mean, he's probably a better athlete than Malik Monk was, but is, but but not. I mean, I don't know. I I don't know. I'm not. I, I'm not. I'm not out on him. I. I. I could. I might end up moving him further down the board. It just like I said. It, if every single person says this guy's really good, then he he must be pretty good, or he must at least have a really high potential of being very good. It's just to me, it doesn't always. It sure. doesn't. It doesn't totally show up there. If you had to guess, right now, where do you think he gets drafted? Like just off the top of your head. I. I mean, I keep hearing the Warriors are. Interested That's crazy there. to me, but yeah. 
I I agree. I mean, like, it, I like just, he already like if he like Steve Kerr was so frustrated with a much more talented James Wiseman. Like, why would yeah. you put up with this? You know, but okay. Yeah, I, it didn't it didn't really doesn't really make sense to me. Magic at eight, it, depending on who they take it at uh, five, that'd be interesting. I don't really see him as a great fit for Sacramento unless they're moving on from. Uh, buddy, you know, but they just, they already have a lot of guys that kind of fall into that same range. Maybe, I mean, New Orleans, Charlotte, I, you know, it's, I mean, it just seems like he's not going to get past 10. So sure. I guess we should just get, I should just accept <coughs> him and move on, but it just, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm going to look very stupid in, in seven months when he's the front runner for rookie of the year or something, but I just, I don't know. It doesn't always click to me. Yeah. All right, we've been going about 50 minutes now, so let's end with this one because I'm super high on this guy, and I think you are too. But I want to end with Usman Garuba from Real Madrid. I, I, I Let me get his stats up. I, I'm so talking to him. Okay, he is six foot eight, 229 pounds, 19 years old. He's been playing for Real Madrid across the pond. Um, averages five points a game, five rebounds a game, but that's not what's important. What's important is that he is amazing on defense which yeah. is why i love him and i'm i super want g- only good things to happen to him at this point he is my like like i, <laughs> I i'm gonna protect him at all costs person at this point so sure uzman garuba i'm probably not saying that right but how do you feel about him i went in really low i went expecting to not like him um and then very quickly was like no 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 this guy's <laughs> this guy is good i really i really dig what he what he brings to the table. I mean, he's super raw. There's a, it's, it's, you know, you're, you're making this pick based on potential. Um, but also, I mean, he's playing for Spain. He was guarding Kevin, Kevin Durant the other night mm-hmm. and he looked pretty decent at it. He has great, um, he has a great sense for where to go on the floor and stuff. I mean, I think he can, he, he's going to play in the dunker spot really well, pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, he's got, you know he's a he's a quick jumper. He's got uh, he's got pretty active hands. He's a good screener. Um, I you know and and I think from offensively beyond being like a pretty decent screener and and I think will turn out to be a pretty decent role man. He he has pre- really good ball skill uh, in terms of uh, passing playmaking at the top of the key especially like that like. I don't know that he's there yet, like as far as like a, a short roll type guy, but when you when you watch the clips of him where he like jumps up to the top of the key, gets the ball and works from there as like a dribble handoff <clears throat> or passing over the top and stuff, it's really good. And and maybe the most advanced part of his game in terms of like just I don't know, IQ and understanding uh those things. But like yeah, like you mentioned, it's, the defense is where you're. It's it's he's super tantalizing. Mm-hmm. He, he's got crazy wingspan. He's super active. He moves constantly. He's got active hands. He's kind of an agitator. He's he's real thick, so he's kind of hard to move. Um, it's he just kind of does all the all those little things. It's it's interesting to me that I mean he's a guy that like um, he is. He, the de- he is very good at defense. He's probably not elite or any- yet. Maybe he will get there. I I I, I don't know. But like, he is- he does seem like a guy who kind of like, hey, he does a little bit of everything, you know, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Um, but he has this like real potential as a defender to kind of hang his hat on. I don't know. Like I, a lot of people have Franz Wagner, Franz Wagner, in their top ten or whatever. And part of it's the same thing. Like, well, he can kind of do everything. He's a glue guy. He'll He'll help with all these sorts of things. And then I watch Garuba and I'm like, well, but I'd rather have that. I'd rather mm-hmm. take the chance on somebody who has potential to be like an elite <clears throat> defender and do all these things that a small ball five kind of does. And maybe he can't ever shoot. But I like, boy, I like the defense and I like the dude, activity. Y- you don't, I mean, like, you know how I feel about this person. But, <laughs> dude, he is like, every time I watched the tape on him, all I see is Draymond Green. Like that's all I see. Yep. And sure. and I think I read somewhere that someone had him comped as a very wealthy man's. Literally, the quote was "very wealthy man's Kenneth Reed. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay, like, yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, obviously, like if you're if you have Draymond, you're not banking on his shot. And I think that that's kind of what you're gonna have to expect with Usman is that he's just going to 
he's going to go in there and get you the, he's going to be your utility knife the whole time. And yeah, man, like, I mean, he's so fun to watch and like, he is, and he is. I, I, you know how I feel about Draymond. Like Draymond, I I love hate him, but you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I just that's all I that's all I was seeing whenever I was watching him was this guy that's coming in and running pick and roll and and guarding pick and roll and yeah. uh, st- hovering around the rim and getting ch- you know cheap dunk offs you know like right. and and hitting a couple of outside shots and to me that's just that's that's the perfect in my opinion the perfect you know, person to take in the low lottery whenever you're just kind of like, well, let's see what happens. You know, like, I feel like if you're, yeah. if you're sitting 11, 12 right now, you're like, like you should not let him go past the lottery if, if it's possible. And man, I'll tell you what, like I saw, I saw somebody write that they think Toronto and Dallas would be a perfect fit for him. And I'm like, yeah, I totally, totally agree. But, oh, yeah. um, I just, I don't see him slipping past the lottery. I think that he might be one of those guys that continues to rise at the board. Um, If anything's going to hurt him, it's that he's playing in the Olympics right now. He's not doing workouts for all these teams. You know, and and I think too, like we've seen with Luca, he's been, I can't remember. I don't, I didn't look at exactly when he started playing, but he's been playing with Real Madrid for more than a couple of years. So like he's been playing since he was a teenager as well. And, And that's also the same team that Luca played on. So did they play together? Did I? I don't know if I missed that or not. Uh, I don't think so. I think he was on the junior team when okay. he was there. Yeah. Um. So I just yeah, I'm super super high on him. So I, I figure we'd yeah. end with that. Um, yeah. No. What, I mean, what's he, your comp on him? I mean, I, I definitely see the Draymond stuff. He's it, even like the long arms and like the the way he um, uh, closes out against bigger guys mm-hmm. in, the, in the post or around the rim and stuff. Like his kind of his. His, his verticality and stuff is is very reminiscent of Draymond. Like, he really actually looks like Draymond when he does that. Um, but, I mean, like, I see some P.J. Tucker in that as well. Ooh. He, he reminds me a little bit of what... This is going to sound like a knock, and I don't... I mean, this is a... If Bismack Miambo was good, like, or had any kind of um, skill beyond being big and athletic and stuff like that's kind of what what he maybe could could do the other thing that i'll say for him the negative like this is a negative that i think could become a positive then like i i mean i try to to i maybe i fashion myself as as a as a shot guy like i can i can kind of pick out mechanical stuff and what's good what's bad what you know what could they get better at it? Do I believe that they'll get better at it? Things like that. His mechanics are pretty terrible. He shot 35% from three, but I think that's a bit of an aberration. He's he's not as good a shooter as 35% would indicate. But he has like um he has like a I think a pretty easy to fix mechanical issue and just straight up he doesn't he doesn't gooseneck. He doesn't uh he doesn't put the hand in the cookie jar on on his shot. And to me, that's one of the easiest things to fix. Like you can, you can raise somebody's release and have them do the gooseneck. And that I think will, if he gets that consistently, I think that will immediately make him, I don't know, a little bit of a better three point shooter, Mm -hmm. a little bit of a, like that. I I guess what I'm trying to say is like fixing that, that release, the gooseneck kind of thing. Cause he looks like he's pushing the ball right now on a lot of the release, even free throws. He just, he's kind of pushing it. And if he can just pick up how to, to gooseneck, I think he becomes an average shooter. And that might be all that it really takes given what he's going to bring to the table defensively and stuff. Just enough to be able to get people to not leave you wide open. Like, yeah, so that way, like totally. they don't leave you at the top of the key whenever you know to go double somebody. Like that's exactly. that's what it, that's exactly. all he needs, and I think that yeah. it'll completely yeah. come together for him. Right. There are a lot of other guys in this draft who have mechanical issues that I think it's going to take a lot longer for them to fix that that mechanical thing. And I might be totally wrong. Maybe I'm only seeing it in a few clips, and and somebody who watches every game of his is like, no, it's not that. But when I watch him, I just think, well, if you just had a coach when you were eight tell you to stick your hand in the cookie jar, you'd probably be a better shooter right now. And it's just, it's not quite there yet. So that's a pretty easy, maybe not fix, but tweak that I think could, a good team will, will figure out how to, how to help on those things. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. He's probably right outside my top 10 right now, but you could definitely talk me into <laughs> higher. So yeah, totally. I've I've come up on him quite a bit. So 
All right, there's there's a that kind of gets you close to rounding out like our like a top ten. Although I don't know where Garuba will end up actually going, but but he's in that range. He's in that that next group of players. Um, so we'll see what happens. So like next week, our main episode, or at least our our first episode of the week, um, we will be talking about uh, some of these these next group of guys. You're and, and probably in a little bit shorter form. The the Josh Giddies and. Keon Johnsons and and Corey Kispert's of the world, Kai Jones, those kind of players, um, and then we'll even we'll touch on a few guys who might be later first round picks, early second round picks, kind of sleeper guys that we like, and we'll just kind of run through a lot of guys quicker than we've done over these first two episodes, and then we'll have a full a full draft episode after the draft on Thursday night. So look in your feeds on on uh, next Friday morning, I would say. For, uh, for full draft coverage as well. So, fun stuff, man. Uh, thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. We greatly appreciate you. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. It helps us greatly carve a little space in this very cramped podcast market. Leave us a five-star rating, five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past, and we like to read those out. At the end of the show, as I said, we'll be back next week with tons and tons of NBA draft coverage. But until then, stay hard, Rodney.